And uh, it's Ephesians 6, and we're looking um, at verses 10 to 20. And we're following the theme. This is a mini-series that we're looking at. And the theme that we're looking at over these three weeks is ready to resist. And uh, this is week two. So it can be found on pages 100 and, sorry, 1,112 of the Church Bibles. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Rachel, thank you. So we're looking at the armour of God. Uh, Most Tuesdays I make coffee. I make lots of coffee. I make cappuccinos, lattes, even mochas. Uh, Occasionally I make people tea, mint tea. Um, And it's in the Lighthouse Cafe in Great Cranston. If you're ever around on a Tuesday, come and enjoy amazing cakes. But as well as making coffee, I get to listen to people. We get loads of people who come along who, um, they live alone. Uh, One guy comes along and challenges me to a game of chess. Now, I haven't played chess for years and years. And um, it turns out I'm pretty good. I've played 12 games of chess and I've lost one. And I have found a great delight in saying two words. Checkmate. It's just, it's just so good. Checkmate. And I've brought our new chessboard along. I don't know if anyone wants to give me a bit of a, a game afterwards. If there's time. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm confident. I think I might win. No, maybe not. Um, so uh, I said that at the first service, and there's a guy who plays chess online. He plays very, very quick games. He goes, yeah, I'll give you a game. I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. So there's a story of uh, a painting. Here it is. The devil is playing chess uh, with a young man. I, I don't play chess with the devil, just in case you're wondering. I'll just... <laughs> 
And in Tony Evans' book, Victory in Spiritual Warfare, he says this. He says, once upon a time, there was a painting hanging in a gallery, painting called Checkmate. And the next move is the devil who's going to steal the soul of the young man. You can see the young man here. He's sweating. He's in agony. He's trying to find a way out. But one day, um, a chess champion visited the gallery and he examined it all day. He spent the day examining the painting and he couldn't move. And eventually he says, uh, has anyone got a chessboard uh, in the gallery anywhere? So they searched the storerooms and the offices and they found a chessboard and they put it out. And he uh, examined the game. And after a long while, we came back the next day, after a long while, he declared, I've won! I've won! And not only did he find that he could get out of checkmate, but he could actually checkmate the opposition, the devil. And Tony Evans says this, Has fear and anxiety crept up on you as you imagine the devil preparing to make the final move? The final move in your personal life, the final move in your marriage, in your home, perhaps with your health or your career or finances. But we have a champion who knows how to guide us and who has already made the final move over the devil. So as we're looking at the armour of God and the theme of ready to resist, of getting ready for the battle, we need to remember we've got this champion who has made the final move. It isn't checkmate. It isn't. And I want to look at four areas uh, this morning. The armour of God, it teaches us that there are heavenly realms. And I'll explain more about that in a minute. That there is a devil who has schemes against us. Thirdly, we have the resources to stand our ground. And lastly, we have nothing to fear. So, before we look at those four areas, just a very quick introduction to this letter of Ephesians. Why is the letter of Ephesians so important for us today? Bruce says it is the quintessence of Paulism. Bit of a mouthful, isn't it? The quintessence of Paulinism. In other words, this is a letter. If you want to get your head around, what is Paul writing? What is the gem, the crown of his writing within the scriptures? We know all scripture is just amazing and we know that it's God breathed and God's word to us. But what is it that's going to give us the (gasps) of what God is like? Well, Ephesians. Read Ephesians. It's a prison epistle. In other words, he wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus. Remember, if, you, if you've read Acts, in Acts 17, he, he turned up um, in Ephesus. He started preaching. There was idols everywhere. A church was planted. And he writes this letter to the church in Ephesus. But people believe it's not just for the church. It was for others. And he's actually in prison. He's been arrested. And he's, he's probably 
in prison, but in a home. And he's got Roman soldiers guarding him. So you see where he gets the imagery. He's in prison, and he's got Roman soldiers guarding him. Ah, the full armour of God. And the reading that we've just had described to us is the armour that a Roman soldier would wear. But what is extraordinary about this letter is there is Paul in an ugly prison, trapped in chains, he writes. And yet he writes something so glorious, so positive, so victorious. It's not a problem-solving epistle. Like in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you can read how the church had a massive problem and Paul needed to sort it out. Or Philemon, where there was an issue of a slave going back to somewhere else. And It's not a problem epistle. It's not even a preachy, teachy kind of letter. Ephesians is one full of praise. It tells us what God is like, what he's done, and it's one of praise for how amazing God is. And if you want a little bit of homework, have a look at this article. It's the uniqueness of Ephesians among the epistles. And you can find that at www.bible.org. It's a great article. So let's look at the four points together. The armour of God teaches us there are heavenly realms. Let me ask you a question. Are you a physical being with a spirit? Or... Are you a spiritual being that inhabits a physical body? It's really important to think about it because most people that I meet believe this is it. The physical, us, that's it. Oh, and we've got a bit of a spiritual bit to us, maybe. Maybe when we die, there might be heaven, maybe. But the, the, the looking at the armour of God challenges us to understand that we are spiritual beings that live in physical bodies and there is a realm that we cannot see called the heavenlies in fact Paul declares in Ephesians 2 he says we are seated in heavenly places Ephesians 2 verse 6 and 7 says this and he raised us up with Christ and gave us a seat with him in the heavens Hang on, I thought we are seated here in Camborne Church, aren't we? But we're also seated in heavenly places. Try and get your head around that. What a mystery. Here we are sitting in Camborne Church building, but yet we are seated in heavenly places, in a heavenly realm that we can't see. Yeah, we might feel it and touch it at times, but we can't see it. But here we are, seated in heavenly places. And Paul says, so that for all future time, he, Jesus, could show us the very great riches of his grace by being kind to us in Christ Jesus. I seem to um, have developed one sermon for funerals, and it goes like this. This isn't it. And when you're faced with someone who has died and, and, and you're, you're, you're at that place of remembering, giving thanks and saying how much you're going to miss them, the reality that this can't be it hits you. Does, well, it hits me. I don't know if it hits you if you go to a funeral. This can't be it. 
surely. And the reality that we are created to live forever. Each one of us, a longing that this can't be it. There must be more. I wonder where is our home? I don't need to shout out your address. But where is your home? Because our home here is a temporary one. But our home forever is forever. Eternity. I mean, let's try and measure eternity. Here, you can't see it, but there's a speck. Well, it's a star. And it's stuck on the carpet. But there we go. Tiny little star. I want you to imagine that the floor in this church building is eternity. And here we've got a little bit of glittery star from a party, perhaps. This represents our life here, now. This floor represents eternity. But we need to times it by a few million, I reckon. This is our life here compared to eternity. And eternity. Are we aware of like the kingdom of heaven around us? You know, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are we aware of when God brings the heavenly places right here? Um, I know I've often spoken about the, the, the pub that I hang out most Friday mornings as City Centre Chaplain, but the miracles that I have seen of people healed. A man who went to the hospital and got a, a letter from his doctors that are, are somewhat perplexed after being prayed for at the bar um, by my friend who prayed quite noisily, I must say. I was a little bit embarrassed. But he prayed for him nonetheless, and a miracle has happened. Heaven came to the pub. So there is a spiritual, heavenly dimension we need to be aware of. Secondly, the armour of God teaches us that there is a devil who has schemes against us, and he does not fight fair, ever. Now, when we talk about this, uh, interesting, I was thinking about the, the speaking this morning. I very, very rarely talk about the devil or think about the devil, even like, very, very rarely. And it's it, just in looking at this scripture today, I mean, I, I just love to focus um, on Jesus. But to talk about the devil, there's a danger of an extreme to ignore or to obsess. So I do meet many Christians who say, oh no, no, just, just, no, there can't be a devil. There can't be a devil. It's just an old story, isn't it? It's not a story of devils. Devil exists. Or I do meet Christians who are like, oh, devil's under here. Oh, he's around here. Devil's everywhere. And they panic and they over-obsess with the work of the devil. Uh, I think we need to be more like this character. He's called Smith. Smith Wigglesworth from the early 1900s. Who's heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Um, some of you have. Uh, he, he never wrote a book, but loads of books have been written about him. He, he was a plumber, and he started to pray for people, and some weird things happened. Uh, people 
uh, were raised from the dead. Like he'd pray for people to be raised from the dead. And they were he was a plumber, going about his business, praying for people. Uh, extraordinary stories. But one of the stories that I remember is this. That in the middle of the night, his room was filled with an awful stench. He hadn't had curry the night before. But it was filled with an awful stench. And he turned, he woke up in his sleep with this awful stink. And he turned and he saw a figure. He went, who are you? And the figure went, I am Satan. And Smith Wigglesworth went, oh. Oh, never mind. And turned around and went back to sleep. We need to have this attitude. Yes, there is a Satan, but we don't need to fear. We don't need to worry. Yes, he tries to mess stuff up. And in the Bible, we get a a glimpse of the awful stuff that he does. Jesus says that on uh, the devil's agenda is to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus declares that his mother tongue is lying. And the armour of God that Paul teaches us to wear gives us insight into what else he does. Can the next slide please? So we need, in the armour of God, the belt of absolute truth. Why? Because the devil lies. And he will lie to us, each one of us, he will lie about who we are, that we're not good enough, we're not worthy, we're rubbish, uh, we've got nothing to offer, we're rubbish mum, rubbish dad, rubbish this, rubbish that. And the lies that he would t- tell us, we need to combat by wearing the belt of truth. He would tell us that we're beyond saving, so we need the helmet of salvation, knowing what Jesus has done for us. He would tell us that we are uh, too sinful. So we need the breastplate of righteousness so that we can know that it's through the righteousness of Jesus that we are made clean and pure. He he will tell us that there is no God, that you are not loved, that God cannot know you. So we need the shield of faith to distinguish the fiery darts of the wicked one. He would tell us that life is too hard. So we need the sword of the spirit. So that we can cope, we can live victoriously by using the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. He will tell us that people don't want to know the good news. So we need our feet prepared with the gospel of peace. I'm going to do something a little bit unusual. I'm going to pray that... Uh, the armour of God over each one of you. Um, the reason I'm, I'm going to do this is that I've heard that some people, when they get up in the morning and they get dressed, they actually pray the armour of God as they do that. They dress themselves. Have, have you ever heard that? Have you ever done that? Okay, well, we're going to do it. Is that okay? So you may want to do this. Um, as I pray for a particular bit, you might want to place your hand where I'm going to pray. Is that Okay. Like helmet of salvation, breastplate. Is that all right? So let's pray. Lord, we clothe ourselves right now in the armour of God. May each one of us know the helmet of salvation. We put on the breastplate 
of righteousness, belts of truth around our waist. We put on our feet the readiness to put bring the gospel of peace. Good dressing there, be well done. <laughs> and we take the shield of faith to distinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. And we take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Lastly, the armour teaches us we have nothing to fear. You know what? It's not a yin-yang story for us. Do you know what I mean by that? It's not 50-50. It's not, oh, is there 50% evil and 50% good? No. (laughs) We believe in one who is victorious, in Jesus who has conquered sin and death. Jesus who lives again. We believe in the one who has trampled the devil. The one who has proven that he is the Messiah for each one of us. The one to save us through raising from, uh, again, from the grave. It's not a yin-yang story for us. Paul writes this in verse 1, uh, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We don't serve a feeble, teeny Jesus. We serve one who is mighty in power. Someone who can help us to overcome. Someone who wants to give us the resources when life is difficult. Remember, this is written by a guy who was shipwrecked twice, who was lashed, who was put in prison, who nearly lost his life over and over. This is written by a man who is in prison, but yet is able to say, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Jesus is victorious and each one of us needs to hold on to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. What I mean by that is what Jesus did for us, it's absolute, it's it's final. We don't need to work ourselves up to somehow please God. Jesus has made a way for us to know the living God and to be loved by him. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So, the armour of God teaches us that there are heavenly realms. That there is a devil who has schemes against us. We need to be aware of them. Well, look at the armour. Why do we need it? And we've got the resources to stand against him. But we have nothing to fear. The Lord Jesus in whom we serve is mighty. Let's pray. For those of us uh, this morning who feel that they are not good enough, I declare uh, the breastplate of righteousness. That each one of us would know that we are made clean by the Lord Jesus. Uh, We're made right. For those of us who feel hopeless in our marriages, 
uh, in our work, in our family. Lord, would you come and bring victory? And we say to the devil, get lost. You are not welcome. For those of us who are struggling with ill health, we ask, Lord, that you would come and draw close to us right now. That we would have new strength and new might to stand. And for those of us who have believed that we are unlovable, we are unlovable, would you let us know how much you love us? And we stand against the lie of the devil who would say that we are unlovable. Come Holy Spirit and let us know that we are loved and we are known by the living God.